All right, y'all, we're here at Gary Cardone's house. We're about to uh, record a great podcast with him uh, coming up here shortly, but it's all thanks to my sponsors. I got the shirt on, I got Pleb Lab. Shout out to Pleb Lab down in Austin, Texas. They're the number one hacking space in the Bitcoin space. So if you haven't been down there, what the hell are you doing? Go down to Austin, check out the Mecca down there. But even even if you're not, even if you're remote, if you, even if you're in Tampa like me, you can get the Nomad Pass, get access to all their internal communications, and then get access to all their private events. And when you're in town, you can take a stop in. So tell them Green Candle sent you a shout out to Cara and all those boys at Pleb Lab. And then also, shout out to the Bob Coleman and team at Idaho Armored Vaults. If you're looking to get into the precious metals market and you don't know where to start, check out Idaho Armored Vaults at goldsilvervault.com. You can go in there and they got the lowest spreads. All these historical companies have huge spreads for you to even get in. Well, Bob and team are definitely trying to uh, kick that market in the tail and uh, bring down those spreads for everybody else. So check out Bob and team. And then lastly, as you all know, this is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. So please, please, please do not take it as financial advice. Everything that you hear in this podcast is strictly of the opinion of Gary and myself and should not be taken as financial advice. All right, enough of me. Let's get into the show. What's up, man? Hey, man, how are good you? Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. I thought you were my silver man. Delivering oh, yeah? Silver. I just had a guy deliver 11 boxes of uh, silver, oh. 600 ounce boxes. It's Jeez, impossible look at that thing, huh? stuff. Yeah. yeah, wish it was all Bitcoin. <laughs> of course you do, man. Come on in. Can I get you a cup of coffee or something? Uh, no, no, I think I'm good. I appreciate good. it. Lovely having you, man. Oh, yeah, man. Beautiful home. Thanks oh, thank so you. Much. Thank you very much. Action. There, there we go. We're pretty legit out here, huh? I like it. Yeah, man. So how's things going, man? Tell me what you're up to these days. Well, I'm just uh, staying busy as normal. I'm uh, trying to keep up with all the market changes, which is vast. To say the least, huh? Crazy and uh, volatile, and you never know what's, you know, the... Uh, the Security Exchange Commission changes their mind, seems like, every 12 hours. So <laughs> seems like they're getting pressure from other people other than the politicians. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we're in, like, a really crazy, I would say, just macro environment, right? I mean, it's everything seems to be changing. There seems to be, you know, updates from, like you said, the SEC, the Fed, all that kind of stuff. So I'll how do you how are you just like viewing navigating this overall macro environment right now when it seems like there's a lot of unknown and uh you know maybe some uh some big things looming underneath the hood maybe a recession or uh some some tougher times ahead yeah i think um i mean for me i i see this as a really good opportunity because the confusion the lack of clarity um like my investment thesis is based on uh, what makes sense, right? Like this digital world is going to happen and the uh, incumbent legacy political crew can fight and resist and that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, um, It's natural that if you have a legacy system that's been around four, five, six, seven, eight hundred years, that why would you want to lose that, right? I mean, there, I have some rules about, I've been fighting duopolies and oligopolies and monopolies my whole life. And after a while, you learn the rule. And the rule is, if you own a monopoly, do anything you can possibly do to own one. You can't pay yeah. enough to own a monopoly or be a part of a duopoly or 
cartel type club. The problem is that there's going to be guys like me that look out um, into the future. I mean, I was on the phone with Greg Foss last week, and there's a lot of very, very creative, uh, wealthy, both in terms of financial capability, but also connections and an understanding of markets. That's wealth. To, yeah. Let's not forget just having you know the silver over there <laughs> might be wealth, but actually having intellect uh, and understanding a big market, I think is wealth. Uh, in particular, if you can pull the trigger on it. And so I get back to, although there's a lot of confusion in the space, for guys like me that tend to be a little early, I think we'll look back in five years and see this as one of the greatest opportunities in the history of mankind. The, 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 the buying opportunity today will not be available in five years. It, it will be gone. Uh, and the reason it will be gone, because premature people like me, that's what they all say about you in the beginning. Oh, yeah. he's premature. They don't know what they're doing. These guys are all cowboys. Uh, these guys that are cowboys have made tremendous livings and changed the way whole markets are shaped, work, or structured. Um, and so for me, this is an eventuality. It is simply about how long am I given the opportunity to buy a, an asset class extremely cheaply before all the big players roll yeah. in? And, and so, uh, quite frankly, I can't remember a better time to be in this space because it's becoming very, very clear now uh, that there are there is one asset class that stands by itself that will not be... Um, be able to be controlled by anyone, and that's Bitcoin. Uh, Ethereum may have that same type of uh, regulatory view. I couldn't bet a thousand percent that that's going to be the case in the future because I don't really understand Ethereum that well. I own some Ethereum. Uh, if I were doing it today, I would just own Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, just based on the clarity I'm being given and the moves that are being taken by all the players. So uh, I think the regulators finally figuring out that this is not a US centric product and it's not a US centric industry. And I like to look at Bitcoin as an industry, but if we yeah. move beyond the currency value or the money value of Bitcoin and say, hey, this is an industry, this is about digitizing um, planet Earth. This is, I call this age digital earth yeah. uh, restructuring. So um, to me, it's an awesome, I mean, the problem is there's so much going on, yeah. right? And, and uh, just keeping up with all of it's like staggering. But if Bitcoin was ever gonna make its move and be relevant, it is now. Bitcoin was built for what the macro world is experiencing, war, lack of freedom, immigration issues all over the world, okay? Yeah. The United States is not the only country that has immigration issues. I think 25 million people have left the Ukraine. Yeah. And they are women and children. Now, they're going to other countries who are also broke. Who's going to fund these kids? Who's going to fund these, these moms? And uh, if a government's already busted and they're having to pay too much for energy, uh, I don't know how they then consume another two or three million people. 
I mean, remember when ISIS, when this was happening, you had a lot of people from ISIS moving. Uh, one or two million people were hitting a country, and it was overwhelming the country. Yeah. We now have, we have riots going on in France. We have people that, I'm pretty sure that if you were a mom in the Ukraine and you needed to move to Poland, you would have been really, really comfortable having six Bitcoin uh, versus having to go to an ATM and pull your money out. Uh, so, so I think, you know, the setup is perfect for this particular industry. And um, the macro is literally playing out to serve Bitcoin. A hundred percent, right? I mean, we had in 2020, right? I mean, I feel like that's when a lot of people started to come into the space because they saw the massive amounts of money printing that the United States did, right? I mean, like 40% of the total money supply for the United States was printed in the past two and a half, three years. And, you know, obviously the fixed supply of Bitcoin is just so valuable. And I, I think that's a really underrated part of it. And, you know, you even lined out some of the other use cases and, and things like that, right? I mean, the unconfiscatability of it, um, you know, the ability to move massive amounts and basically a USB stick and all you need is, you know, your seed phrase and other things like that too. But, you know, you did outline a little bit about, you know, the three letter industry or indices, right? The SEC, the Fed, like all those players seemingly trying to kind of attack it at the United States. So, you know, as a venture capitalist and somebody kind of, you know, looking at companies in the space, you know, is there something that, that really stands out or maybe worries you about some of these, uh, you know, potential regulations looming, um, you know, going forward? Because, you know, you did line it out. It's a global thing, right? It's not just the United States. So, you know, one, are you looking at companies that are just more, I guess, U.S. centric? And uh, two, like, you know, do any of these policies or potential regulations somewhat worry you going forward? Let me address maybe the last question first about worrying about the regulations. Um, I have been doing this my whole life uh, where I go into an industry that's undergoing this revolt. I mean, just a revolt over the past. And you, you can say it was right, wrong. Look, these markets are developed over long periods of time and they come with lots of baggage, but that baggage was there for a purpose at the time. Fast forward 40 or 50 years and maybe some of the infrastructure and constructs rules uh, that were put in place to make that market work then, maybe they're not so relevant today. And I think that's true uh, about many things. And technology is really driving us to do things today that we would never have considered just 20 years ago because the technology wasn't there. I think that's the missing piece that people don't correlate to Bitcoin. Hey, this moment is here. Uh, the, the analogy I use is uh, I remember, you know, being 16, smoking a little weed, <laughs> getting in my fancy little car and sticking it in an eight track tape and listening to Grand Funk. Okay? Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure that you or I, you or I are never, ever going to use an eight track tape again. No. Okay. <laughs> now in this thing, I have 30 or 40,000 recordings of digital art, digital music, um, and that was not even considered 20 years ago, right? Like that you could compress this much information. So I think that's what gets me very comfortable with the regulations. They, they can, 
if this was a U.S. product and only available in the U.S., you could shut it down. Mm-hmm. But it's only 12%. So at max, it's 20 And I think it's more like 12 in dollar terms. Um, if America wants to stop this, I, I like one of my thesis is for investing in Bitcoin was the game theory piece behind this. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much time we have to discuss game theory. Yeah. My uh, view is that you will have uh, countries for certain. You might even have states and certain uh, various jurisdictions that will become their own little pocket and they will establish their own rules. Um, all you need is four or five turkeys saying, uh, we're going to just not, not even convert all of their currency or treasury to Bitcoin, but I could see one or two or 3%. I mean, it's an $800 trillion asset market. Uh, and that's before you put derivatives on top of it. So you, yeah. then you're in the quadrillions, but $800 trillion in real estate, equities, bonds, gold, silver, et cetera, art, uh, what's gold? Thirteen, eleven trillion dollars. Call gold um, uh, a six trillion dollar market when you remove all the jewelry. Which, quite frankly, all the jewelry becomes gold at yeah. five thousand dollars. So gold can only go up so high. I mean, we walked in. I've got silver over there. Yeah, that's eleven boxes of silver, six hundred ounces each. Took four days to get here. That's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I could have done that trade on Bitcoin within seconds okay there'd be no fedex Mm -hmm. there's no 100 pound bags 100 pound boxes in there i've got to move it around now i like silver for a position but give me silver at 23 bucks and give me bitcoin at thirty thousand. i think it's a no-brainer i mean like i you know that's 20 that's two thousand dollars worth of gold bars it's hard to move yeah. Well, and then you got to get it verified if you want to sell it, you know, transact all that kind of yep. stuff. Got to go test it. It takes space. That's right. right? I mean, like we, we were just talking, like somebody from the Ukraine, they're not going to carry a gold or silver bar in their back pocket. If they do, that's going to get confiscated right away. I mean, you know, I, I, people are just looking for other ways to kind of get around and, and take those sort of things. And, you know, we were just talking about immigration, right? People are moving all over the place right now. Yeah. It's it's crazy. So I, I think and I think that's another thing people aren't really appreciating. The movement of human intellect is staggering how people are moving around. Not just uh, countries, but also careers. Whole careers are being I mean, if you just look at because uh, I get a lot of people that go, I don't understand this Bitcoin thing. I like look first off, just look at the people that are getting involved. You would not have this many professional athletes walking into a game that's not going to exist. Uh, you have a lot of guys, in particular guys my age, who don't need to do this. They, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they could be on Wall Street. They could be on an island doing nothing. But there's a lot of people moving into this space, volunteering to come into the space with their capital, their time, and their intellect. So I think when you have that much intellectual capital move into a business people from mit graduating from mit want to go into three verticals and bitcoin and digital assets are one of them robotics and aerospace i can't do aerospace okay i i am not going to be able to do rockets like elon um i don't have a medical uh background 
I'm not a big fan of the pharmaceutical industry, although I think blockchain will help the pharmaceutical industry and people like me and you who care about what they're putting in their bodies uh, identify what is good rice. Agriculture department's going to do well from this, but pharmaceuticals, hey, this drug is from XYZ country. Maybe I don't want to take it. Maybe yeah. I'm uncomfortable with XYZ country producing aspirin for me. So I, I look, I think, you know, the, these conversations get convoluted. There's blockchain that's going to bring a lot of um, efficiency to a marketplace. I think blockchain's like water. It's just going to just flow to wherever the greatest inefficiencies are. It will fill up those gaps a little bit like liquid glue. Bitcoin's an opportunity, I think, for those of us who are first movers. And who would have thought of a company like Fidelity? People, people forget, okay? Fidelity has been working on Bitcoin for nearly 10 years. Uh, they have a monster operation behind this. Goldman Sachs has been looking at this space for two or three years. And when they look at a space, they, they throw 30 people at it. MBAs, smart people. And they know everything about this vertical. And they study it. And then when they move in, they move into the pieces of vertical they can control. So I think a lot of what's going on in regulation, it, this is just so normal for a whole industry to get set up. We're actually moving quite quickly. For a 12-year-old industry, it's a child. 12, maybe 14. When you weight average uh, all these uh, scammy coins, the scams, and, and by scams, I mean, come on, look, I'm trying to raise money for Node 40 right now. It, it, if I launched a token on Node 40 and raised $100 million, it would be easier than me trying to raise $10 million the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Okay, it's because people are chasing this dream of making too much money too quickly, uh, passively. I don't think that's real. I think so many people are getting cut up losing money. And it's confusing our story. And that is why you have a bunch of regulators that will come in and they will put their stamp on this thing. Uh, they'll do all kind of draconian, take draconian actions that have collateral consequences that we're not even aware of because they're trying to fix a number of different problems. But Bitcoin is not one of these problems. And, and so, you know, you're gonna chase this ABC Gary coin like the Gary coins have to go away, okay? Uh, they're diluting the whole pool. They're diluting the story. People are losing more money than they're making. Um, and very few really smart people, very few smart people are doing anything in that space other than looking at Bitcoin and, and uh, blockchain and Ethereum. Yeah. So it, the sooner, this, I'm, not, I'm not scared of the regulations. I'm scared of the actors in this space uh, there is no barrier to entry here. Yeah. Um, when there's 8 billion people and you get a personality on, on, behind a token, you can see how people get abused. And I think, you know, rightly so, the regulator needs to step in, whether it's the Federal Trade Commission, the SEC. My challenge is, hey, do you guys actually know what you're doing? Or are you so buried? 80% uh, of your business is trying to work on the old analog world, Web 3, Web 2.0, the internet, payments in the internet. I mean, there are so many issues to be managed here. Uh, and why? Because the regulator is trying to manage a world that's literally moving from analog, writing things down on a ledger, 
to fully digitized world, right? Where this experience will be measured, accounted, tracked, traced, and stored forever. Um, and if you really believe that's where we're headed, you, you can't have 32,000 people making entries, all with different biases and different views. You need a central depository that allows us to, and maybe it's not centralized, but you need a place to be able to look into a central place to see what's going on in that space. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was arguing the other day about we go through the centralization and decentralization. Decentralization is highly inefficient. Let's be very, very clear, okay? Uh -huh. Decentralization is extremely inefficient. Centralization is actually very, very efficient. The only thing that we are concerned about centralization is the guy at the top running that central authority. And, and so centralization, I think we use these terms very too loosely. Centralization is very, very efficient way of doing things. And I don't think anyone really disagrees with that. They disagree with the guy running it. And if it was God, if you and I shared the same exact God, we would not care. Uh, yeah. In fact, I hope there's one guy, <laughs> right, that's gonna gonna tell, "Hey, Gary, you were a good boy," yeah, or you were a bad boy. So not not a crew of people that have a bias or an agenda. Yeah, and I mean, I you know, I I agree with that in, in some some sense, but I I also agree too. You know, like blockchains in a sense don't need to be built for everything and that's where we're kind of having like the scammy kind of tokens come in right i mean people are just like hey you know i'm doing xyz project let's put a blockchain behind it just like you said or you know you're raising money for node 40 let's build gary coin and just have people invest in that way and it's been kind of the wild west so to speak i mean we had obviously ftx BlockFi, like a lot of these players just offering yield on tokens where it's basically just a giant Ponzi scheme. And now people are starting to wake up and, well, not people, I guess more so regulators. And so I don't think that they necessarily understand it, but I, you know, there's definitely got to be something behind all this. If, you know, the big players like Fidelity, BlackRock, like all these guys with massive amounts of money, they have all these hard assets. They know what they're doing, right? I mean, they're, they're going to come in, they're trying to file for spot ETFs, all those kind of things. I mean, actually, they just, I think BlackRock's didn't get approved lately, but I think it's it's going to get eventually approved, right? I mean, they're going to figure out a way how to get a piece of this pie. But in all of this... No, I think they'll get more than a piece. <laughs> I mean, it, it'd be tough to say that they wouldn't, right? I mean, because they're... Well, you want, you want them to. See, this is the confusing... This is why I say that the, the industry is immature. Um, it's very confusing to me that people have been begging for adoption, okay? The, the holy grail is adoption. I personally think the Bitcoin community went down the wrong route to say, well, it's going to be the consumer. The consumer never innovates anything, okay? It's, you have a few small consumers that innovate. I, I think it's industry and big business that needs to get converted first. And, and so it's extremely schizophrenic to me that you would say, we need adoption. And then, you know, a good half of the people that I have respected in this space are now saying, well, we didn't want a fidelity adoption. Well, dude, like you either want adoption or you don't. And if fidelity is not playing, it's not going to get adopted. Uh, like I think fidelity coming in this space is really, really unbelievable. I think BlackRock coming into this space is unbelievable. What I think is really terrifying for the speculative investors, which I would say that most everyone 
playing in with a bunch of tokens are total degenerate speculator gamblers okay by degenerate i mean you are degenerate like it's a gambling problem um you are going to be ripped into pieces when the professionals show up to this party i mean these guys are going to be looking for arbitrages and they'll go do your peppy coin they will drive that thing up and then they will drive it right down your throat uh they have more capital. They have better chart reading capabilities. They will look at this merely as a volatile uh, industry, and they will create so many waves in it. So, I, like, even if you thought these tokens were going to be good solutions or community builders, you guys are going to get ripped into shreds. Okay, this is going to be you're going to be competing with Goldman. Uh, guys that have been trading crude oil, natural gas, electricity, the most violent commodities on the planet, and you're going to try to compete with them. Um, so I don't, I don't see it. And, and, and you know, I think um, many of the podcasters who do have their own trading expertise and they're, you know, running books, I think they need to be careful about, you know, the message they give to Joe investor who is really Joe speculator. Like I am an investor. Okay. Like I buy Bitcoin, I store it safely and then I buy some more and I have a long-term thesis and I don't need to look at the stock price every two hours. Mm -hmm. One, I'm not going to trade out of it. I may add, but I just need an alert. Hey, if it falls below 29,000 ping me and I'm going to buy some more. Um, so I think these are really different worlds. I am never going to win. Uh, in the trading world on any of these coins competing in this space. And I'm not a dumb guy. So how some little lady, you know, that's working at McDonald's is going to manage her 3 million hexacoins because they're at 0. 0.00000 and she thinks, well, I have a big position. We'll try to get out of 3 million units. That's a, another problem. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't... Like, it's sad. It's sad to me to see people are really predators uh, on a very ignorant, um, undereducated group of people uh, in society that are, that are grossly speculating on some tool that their buddy told their buddy that, hey, he's a good guy and you should invest with him. I mean, it's... it's uh, it's this is why the regulators so pissed off and and you can't really blame them yeah and i mean and, and i agree with that 100 percent, right i mean and that's where i think you know the fidelity and the black rocks players getting in is actually good in a sense like you're talking about because the regulators aren't going to fight these big guys you know they'll, they'll regulate out of the, the little guys if we don't have massive adoption from the big players if the big players discredit this they got enough money and enough things kind of they have enough influence that you know the sec and whatever they're they're okay maybe they'll shut down the spot etf once or twice or whatever delay the progress of it but all these other countries are building it up as long as the united states has an as an ironclad way of doing that and fidelity blackrock and all these players they're going to end up you know kind of going for that 
And I agree, you know, I mean, eventually they'll make it very difficult on the little player. So the average Joe won't really be able to, you know, get into Bitcoin unless they figure out some way, shape or form to get it from a friend or something like that. So I think that there's like a good combination of the grassroots movement, you know, the average Joe who can get in and and figure that out um, and and then the big player. But there also needs to be a way to, you know, essentially protect people from, like you said, the predatory aspect of this crypto industry that seems to be the wild west at this point right i mean like we've already seen some of the companies that have gone bankrupt and and gotten out of that but you know in those things that we have seen right i mean i i know that there's been some jurisdictions that were you know coming out in the um in the bankruptcy filings that were already investing into a lot of this in a lot of bitcoin and um, doing it through companies like celsius so you know i think even though the united states seems a little slow moving when it comes to regulation and other things like that. I mean, you lined it out, right? I mean, Bitcoin was created like late 2008. I mean, the industry is extremely, extremely young. And the United States is going to be very reactionary about it. But all these other countries seem to be sort of moving towards that way, right? I mean, I think... Well, this is this is the important part of the game theory. Yeah. uh, Is, uh, you know, if we were one big globe and we were moving into globalization like we were three years ago, which we're not, yeah, we'll never go back. We're going to be a highly fractionized jurisdictional marketplace. I think you're going to have five markets. And uh, if I'm the United States, I can't possibly imagine that not one of those players are going to buy some portion of their treasury in BTC. And, and again, it only requires 1% of an $800 billion industry, any, any pension fund. Mm-hmm. I mean, BlackRock's here. You think the pension funds aren't going to follow? Yeah. Okay, the pension funds, just 1%. It's an $8 trillion marketplace for Bitcoin overnight. Uh, there's 23,000 different coins that have been created in the last two or three years. Like 99% of all businesses fail. So I'm pretty sure that 99%, not 98, not 98.5, 99 point something percent of all those tokens will fail. Um, I don't even understand. I, I think the U.S. government should actually be questioning why is Amer- why are Americans so poorly educated that they would even be convinced to go into a Ponzi scheme of a currency that just has a political, powerful, celebrity-type figure. And that would include Elon's Dogecoin. And I'm not saying Elon's done anything, but when you can move a market like that, Mm -hmm. that's concerning. Um, I don't want a celebrity. I don't need another God. Don't need another JC. Uh, What I need is a marketplace that I can rely on that nobody can take my stuff away from me. You know, that's why I like silver. I mean, somebody's going to have to walk in here and take it. They may. They have done it before. Um, but look, I think, I think if you look at everything that's happening, everything that's happening right now, I think is awesome. Okay, you've had about 10 companies go bankrupt mm-hmm. in what, a year? Four months ago, you had the largest bank failure in American history that no one's talking about. More money was lost in the last four months from three banks than was lost in all of 2008 and 2009. Um, we consistently every 10 to 20 years have bank, massive bank failures. The SNL crisis back in the 70s when I was growing up. 
1,300 banks went just bust overnight. So, look, I think if we look at our education system, the regulators should be saying, why are these people being scammed? And it's not just because the scammers are so smart. It's like we have a grossly undereducated society on how money works, what money means, what interest rate. Like if someone doesn't understand when interest rates are zero and someone's paying you 10, there's a problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. The guy paying you 10 must be doing something with your coins that you were not willing to do. Uh, and that was probably taking a lot of risk. So here we are. A uh, year later, 10 companies going bankrupt from BlockFi to Celsius to FTX and Bitcoins trading at $30,000. I think that if you, ha if you have no better indicator, uh, that price should be at $3,000. Should have found the floor, okay, or $300, but it didn't. And, and just go ask a lot of people on Wall Street what... Everyone was hoping it got crushed so we could all buy it cheaper. Uh, there's a lot of really smart people that are like, whoa, man, that price really held up well. I mean, Ethereum has held up very well, which I have found a little surprising. GBTC now, the great discounted method of buy Bitcoin, is starting to roll. Uh, I happen to believe they will be involved in the spot ETF. I think the spot ETF gets approved. It may not be, I think it gets approved this year and it gets implemented within 18 months. Um, and you're going to have some of the biggest companies in the world now. They, look, look there, there's a whole reason to have, um, uh, uh, there's a whole group of people like me who do banking with companies that we can't, I can't take my funds that are sitting in banks and buy Bitcoin. But the moment the ETF is bought, uh, allowed, that bank will be able to buy ETFs, uh, the spot market, for me, uh, without me moving my funds around. Now, all you guys that go up, oh, not your keys, not your wallet, not, not your uh, keys, not your, your money. I got it, guys. But there's a lot of people, including in enterprises and businesses. If businesses put Bitcoin on their treasury, they will not be self-custody in their money. Like this is not everyone should self custody. You get to a certain level uh, with shareholders or private interest or families, and there's going to be a lot of people that don't self custody. So, so I, I got it that it was the Nirvana idea, um, but I just happen to believe there's going to be a lot of people that will want to do this in their 401ks. They will want to do this through their banks. They will want to do this through their intermediary banking institutions that they've come to trust. And one of those guys will be me. Like, I don't mind Fidelity making a spread on me, okay? As long as I know the custodian uh, is truly a custodian, they're doing their business correctly. So there's, look, we're in inning one. Um, and, and if you think it's going to be an $8 trillion business, Many think it's going to be an 80 to $100 trillion business. Can't possibly think that we're not going to be doing this business through large, very large companies, sovereigns, institutions. And hopefully uh, we won't have as much crime and Ponzi-type activity that we've had in, in the last few years. But it's all becoming, I mean, 
everyone that runs a Ponzi scheme is being discovered. So I, I don't just let them keep. We need to educate Joe community um, and, and make sure that Joe community understands what they're doing. It does not serve anyone in this industry for investors to be confused between Bitcoin and Schmidtcoin. Look, it, it's just confusing, right? Yeah. So, look, I, I, I uh, having done this many times before, once this train starts moving, there is no stopping the train. Uh, you can try to derail it. You can try to stop it. I don't really see anyone really derailing it. Uh, I do see a lot of noise. And, and uh, the cool thing is everybody's talking about it. Yeah. So that may just be part of the journey of educating people. Bitcoin is an asset class. Now, now you heard Gensler say it the other day. Cryptocurrencies appear to have a sustainable pathway as an asset class. You have now four of the largest consulting firms in the world saying, this is an asset class. The moment, the moment McKinsey says it's an asset class to a pension guy, he has to start looking at it. He does not want to be left behind. So I am extremely positive Bitcoin. I think we've seen our low. I'm not a bottom picker. I'm not a top picker. I don't know anybody that does that well. Um, I am a believer that for a percentage of your total assets, it makes sense to have some piece of this in Bitcoin. Uh, it may make sense for a guy like me to have a lot more of a percentage of his net worth tied to Bitcoin. And that may be just simply down to my age, how much I've already got socked away from my kids and safety factor. I would say that a guy like me needs to probably be more risky, not less, uh, contrary to what everybody will say about a 60-year-old. Um, but that's because my kids are okay. My kids are handled. So mm -hmm. what, what do I need, really? Uh, and what am I trying to achieve? Uh, so like I look at every investment now. I'm sure we'll talk about some of the picks and shovels type stuff I get involved with in the industry. But unless uh, the investment of running a company, the wear and tear on your, your, your life of running a company, managing people, the capital required, the what ifs that go wrong in businesses. And there's always a what if, you know, something always happens. Unless it massively outperforms Bitcoin uh, with reduced volatility, that's the way I judge every investment today. Uh, and it really makes it harder on a company because, uh, especially depending on your thesis for what BTC may be worth in, you know, about 2030, which is kind of the way I look at things. 2030, 2028, mm -hmm. five years out. Hey, what's a five to 10 year holding look like? So, you know, when you think about, oh, well, I'm buying this for five years. Well, I don't need to look at the chart because I'm buying it for five years or 10. Uh, or in my case, hey, I'm buying it to give my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, which then makes me do things very, very differently. So I have to like now, if I think I'm going to give it to my kids in 2050, I have to think about how to protect them in a very different way, which is one of the reasons I bought Node 40, because I was like, hey, look, this is going to be a way for my children to protect themselves against somebody in 
that'll be what, 25 years? 25 years walking in the front door going, hey, all this stuff that your dad left you, we don't believe you. We don't believe that was his cost base. We don't believe, you know, that it came from the right walk. Prove it. And now 20 years later, 25 years later, Bitcoin has moved, who knows, three times a year mm -hmm. from my wallet into an exchange, off the exchange, back into a wallet. Oh, you know what? Fidelity just offered me this awesome uh, lending protocol deal that I, you know, I've got $100 million worth of Bitcoin. I get to go borrow $20 million worth of Bitcoin or whatever. Okay, I'm going to move it to Fidelity now. Now Fidelity back to a wallet. And oh, by the way, kids, here's your trust. It made 37 moves. It looks like 37 liquidation events. It looks like there's tax payment due every all over the place. My children are going to be obliterated, okay, by some analyst, some number cruncher. And without them having the full narrative of what dad did, um, I, I think all that gets just, I mean, I'll be dead and I won't know that I, I left them with a monster problem. Uh, the problem I'm trying to leave them with is so much wealth, they have to become hyper-responsible for making a difference in the world. That can't possibly be consistent with me then leaving them a problem to prove to whatever jurisdiction or political entity that's running the country at that time or wherever they're located, uh, that, they, that they actually own that and the government doesn't own a bigger piece than they deserve. So yeah. it's... it's uh, Look, we have 20 years of work to do. This is a <laughs> no, whole, this is sure. an industry. Like, yeah. And it's developing, right? It's very early. And you very. said, yeah. And, and I mean, you, you even alluded to it, right? There was like kind of the global aspects of things earlier, right? Like three years ago, you know, pre-COVID obviously. But you said something early on where you said there that you see like five really kind of sectors of the, of the globe kind of moving forward. What do you see those five as? And where do you see, I guess, the leader as right now and like kind of, you know, where you think things are going? Or do you think that there's all going to be kind of competing entities kind of going at it for, I don't know, decades at a time? Well, I think we're always going to be competing. Um, com we will compete for cheap energy, uh, efficiencies, um, redundancy. I mean, we're always going to compete. I think that's really healthy. Uh, I don't know that you need to look at it as a, well, I won, you lost. Gotcha. That, that, that's, I think, a problem with the old analog world. Let's remember that um, what, what, what is the addressable market we're talking about here? We're talking about an addressable market that's never been addressed before. Yeah. I mean, we can all talk about being global, but un until this happened, and then Starlink showed up. See, this is not that important until it gets connected to the rest of the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, once Star Starlink gets got started, and and someone in Vietnam, in the very farmland of Vietnam and Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran, I know these are all horrible places, right, America? Now these are human beings that have the exact same right to freedom and life mm -hmm. and the pursuit of happiness. Come on. I mean, I can't just be for us citizens. Okay. I believe that every human being on this planet has a role to play here because of this and Starlink and maybe, you know, maybe Jeff 
Bezos creates his Bezos links or whatever, right? But yeah. we are getting connected. Mm-hmm. Now, three and a half billion people today, instead of doing a podcast or walking around, uh, well, they're not walking around. They're walking to the river right now, and they're going to go and get some water out of the river. This is real, okay? Three, three and a half billion people. They then chop a tree down and they start burning wood so that they can boil the water so that they can drink water that's free of, uh, of uh, parasites. Okay, that's three and a half billion people. That's 40%, okay? We think, my, oh, my AC's out. My God, dude, the end of the world, okay? My propane stopped last week. I don't have hot water. Oh, my God, what? I have to take a shower in, the, in the, my big Olympic swimming pool. <laughs> okay, so I don't think this market's ever been addressed. You have 8 billion people getting ready to uh, be interested in producing. Like, like, How many Michelangelos do you think have been born, have died, and no one knew who they were? Because they did not grow up in Rome. They did not have the Pope to hang, hang to. I think there's people in many, many places that are, we're going to discover some of the greatest artists we've ever discovered. Poets, writers, people with ideas, okay? And, and now they're connected, right? They can have these ideas. They can produce something. How am I going to pay them? Bitcoin. Yeah. I'm going to pay them with Bitcoin, okay? Uh, or some derivative of Bitcoin. So like 8 billion people, like I don't need a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to make a really large market. Now, is Bitcoin a market? Bitcoin has 400 million people who've invested in it. It's a larger marketplace than the entire United States. You know, if you're selling T-shirts in Vietnam or China or wherever, everyone sees the U.S. market as the global, is the holy grail. Well, cool, dude. Uh, Bitcoin must be even bigger for you because Bitcoin is a larger adult population than the entire United States. Okay, than the entire United States, including all the old people and the children and the infants. So I think 400 million people makes a viable, real marketplace. If it was just you and I saying, hey, this is what Bitcoin's worth. Okay, good. Thin, undeveloped market. 400 million people today have decided Bitcoin's worth $30,000. And that's before any major institutions have shown up. So big market, untapped. There's 8 billion and we've only grabbed 400 million people. So that's less than 5%. And that 400 million people, what's unclear is, has all the real money moved into this market? And I don't think it has. Uh, I mean, I have really interesting stats from like ultra wealth guys banking type people about what the conversion really looks like from these people, but it's tiny. Okay. It's not, it makes total sense to me that I would be one of their largest ultra wealth holders of digital assets because I'm always a little early, but I know that about myself. Um, I don't know why I'm always so early, but I am. And it's painful being early because you go through these really, you know, violent swing. I mean, I've gone through, I was margin called, I think seven times last year. Um, most people can't tolerate that. So, and maybe I shouldn't have tolerated it, <laughs> but I did. Um, and, and, but most people can't go through that, um, that, that experience. Um, and quite frankly, if I'm being honest, I mean, the reason I got margin was because my position was too big. 
And so if you're getting margin called and if you're not sleeping well at night, and you know, if you're terrified, your position is too large. Okay. Now I don't get too terrified. Um, because I, I, I know what, what to do, but, but if you're having that kind of panic attack, like your position's too big, okay? Pull your position down. Um, you don't have to get rich all in one trade. Like, just do it. DCA, real mm -hmm. gentle. It could be $50 a month, $50 a week, $50 a day. Um, and you're going to be fine. You're never going to be, like, all freaked out. You don't have to look at the price every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you have to do is go, hey, I'm just taking a part of my savings or a part of my excess income that was going to Starbucks, Netflix, CNN, Fox, any of these services that are literally toxicating, intoxicating our planet, making us into polarized, oh, you're a bad guy, I'm a good guy, right, wrong. Uh, I'm literally looking at every subscription I have right now and go, does this company believe the way I believe? And if not, I don't think I need your services anymore. Um, that's awesome, right? I have, I have options now, and I get to vote with my wallet. Uh, if I don't think XYZ restaurant's selling good food, guess what? I get to not go. I get to complain about it on social media without being uh, derogatory or inflammatory or saying you know, bad things. Um, but I get to vote with my wallet. And, and so the more I can take money that's going to Netflix and or Disney and move it into Bitcoin so that my children can buy whatever damn thing they want in the future instead of us worrying about what cartoons we're watching. Uh, I mean, I've got four different music providers on this phone. Yeah. How did that happen, dude? <laughs> okay. I bet you three of them are charging me. Um, so it happened. Okay, now I get to go and look at it. Hey, where's all my waste? Um, so do I want to buy a car or do I want to buy Bitcoin? And, and once you start doing this, and, and so people ask me for advice. Look, don't worry about any of these other coins. Go buy a piece of a Bitcoin, enough to get your attention, and watch it and learn, and then read the white paper. I do it in reverse order, right? Go buy it and then read the white paper. Because I don't think you reading the white paper without investment is going to really mean anything. And then you'll start to realize. What I've noticed is that someone that does that, um, if you spend 25 hours studying this space, in particular Bitcoin, I've never seen anybody turn away. Never, never seen anyone. I have seen many people at three and four and five hours turn away because they're so like, oh my God, they can't even confront it. Mm -hmm. Then you got to keep going. You push through 25 hours, you're going to be pulled into this rabbit hole. I don't think you go down the rabbit hole. I think you get pulled into it because the truth is very, very, very compelling. Very compelling. Yeah. No, 100%. And I mean, you, you lined out a lot there, right? I mean, one, companies that start to get into this are definitely not going to self-custody in, in itself right fidelity all these big players are gonna have to trust some sort of banking partner more than likely to either pay their employees or everything like that right i mean we're seeing a digital world right which means great things for companies too because now not only you you don't need to just hire americans if you're an american company or a european company and just hire europeans or whatever you can hire somebody in a different time zone as long as you get the job done and i know people already 
personally accepting payment in Bitcoin, right? I mean, that's how they can easily transact because maybe one country doesn't get along with another one. So their banking, there's issues with direct deposits, other ways like that. So how are people going to get paid? Um, and so, you know, with all that, we, we've got a growing kind of, you know, you, you say you like to be really early on these t- type of things. Well, I don't like to be, but I tend to be. But all right, it, you tend to be right. But that leaves like a great opportunity for companies that, you know, you're looking at investing in. So you alluded to it a little bit earlier, the picks and shovels stuff. So I want to dive into that. So yeah. when it comes to, you know, venture capital, angel investing, whatever you want to word it as. How are you looking at companies getting into a, you know, a drastically changing space with a lot of unknowns going forward? Like, what are some of the companies that you like? I mean, we talked a, a little bit about Node40, um, but yeah, what are what are some of the ones that you like to look at, and uh, you know, you think that are going to be long lasting and you know, an ever changing space? Um, well, I don't think it's any existing companies. I think all of these are startups. Um, now, having said that, I think there are some very impressive companies that are being built in this space. I think Coinbase is one of those companies. Hard for me to fathom that they won't get a piece of this. Um, and I will take my hat off to them uh, being a good steward of the Bitcoin digital asset um, universe. They are doing a lot of lobbying. Okay, with shareholder money. And I, I'm not a shareholder. I was a shareholder. Didn't understand, hey, how are you going to be different than the NASDAQ or ICE or uh, whoever? Uh, Chainalysis, I think, you know, any forensics company um, able to help enforcement authorities is going to be a ball-busting business. And if you look at most industries, You'll notice like the payments industry, forensics, fraud, analytics, big data, they always get the biggest multiple. So big data plays for me, I find interesting forensics, fraud. Node 40 falls in that category. There are uh, 48,000 tax and accounting firms that I don't think many of them really understand the digital world. Uh, Most of them are their age is more like mine and they're very analogy. So you have this analog baggage that you carry. Oh, no, 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 it can't work that way. Well, it can work that way if you look at it differently. For instance, I remember uh, some of my buddies um, would say, hey, look, when they were moving off vinyl records, oh, the music's not anywhere nearly as good. I can, I have never been able to tell the difference between digital music and, and and on a recording uh, on a on a piece of vinyl mm-hmm. now maybe those guys really did know what they were talking about but uh, I ha- I have I don't have any vinyl records I don't see yeah. many people having vinyl records uh, but I understand that people I, I watched something last night about with Elon and Elon, they're they're gonna pitch that we get away from safety belts Okay, seatbelts, because they're like, hey, hey, these bags now, these bags are so good. They're, they're monitored by weight, uh, the size of the person. They're talking about children sitting in the front seat without a seatbelt on, and the bags are perfect. Uh, we, we spent 30 years arguing over safety belts, 100 years after the fucking car was built. And here we are with Bitcoin going, oh, wow, we don't have any safety belts. No kidding, okay? 
we didn't when we first created the car we didn't have any roads we didn't have any bridges we had no stop signs no seat belts and no airbags didn't even have speed limits um so why do i share it that way because you create innovation and then the infrastructure to serve that innovation follows after therefore the rules processes policies laws regulations those all follow also uh, imagine a regulator, most regulators have a hard time managing the space they got. Imagine one creating an idea, creating all the rules and regs behind this idea before the idea is even fully, fully cooked in. It, it's like, you know, hey, let's have bacon and eggs, but nobody wants to make the bacon. I'm not eating it. I don't know about you. I am not eating raw bacon. I <laughs> uh, don't want to eat the raw eggs either. But so, so I think, you know, that this is the way markets work. To your question, what markets are we in? Uh, I think, you know, assuming Europe survives this war theme we're playing, I, I don't, I've been very bearish on Europe for probably 15 years. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think the, the, the United Kingdom exited Europe. I don't think the United Kingdom was ever in Europe because they continue to print their own money. Mm-hmm. So the Brits have these beautiful, beautiful pink notes and uh, they never stop printing their money. And so, and I've spent 15 years of my life living there. Uh, I always laughed at them and said, you guys aren't part of the European Union. You're only a part of the Euro- European Union for moving people back and forth and goods and services back and forth. But you never took their Euro. Mm-hmm. So they were never really in to the Eurozone. Now the problem is you have Germany, who's the powerhouse, or excuse me, was the powerhouse of, of Europe. They used to have the UK to lean on. They no longer even have the UK. So I think the UK becomes a super market, a super market. Uh, and why? Well, the UK, talking about game theory, the UK have no, n- nothing. They produce nothing. They, and, and no offense to my UK friends, you have no agriculture anymore. You have no energy. You produce nothing but Canary Wharf. Canary Wharf is full of thousands of English-speaking and multilingual players who have all of London to play in, and that does matter to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't all move to Frankfurt. Sorry, ain't gonna happen. They can't all move to Dubai. The infrastructure in Dubai is not, I think Dubai becomes a, a major, major market. And I'm getting to a point here about all these other tokens. Yeah. Anyone that thought the to- other tokens, the other 23,000 tokens aren't going to be available, that's just not true. They will be available to guys like me. Um, let's say that Gensler shows up and says it's illegal to trade tokens. I actually happen to believe most of these tokens are unregistered security securities, for sure, unregistered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needs to stop and go somewhere where they allow it. Dubai will allow it, Japan will allow it, the Middle East will allow it, and London will most certainly allow it. Half the advertising in the UK is for gambling. So they're gonna be really comfortable with tokens, okay? I mean, they do spread betting there that you don't have to pay taxes on. So they created their own little rules and laws around uh, people being able to play markets so I think London benefits from Gensler's reaction of, hey, no tokens in our backyard. Cool. I'll call Goldman or Fidelity go, hey, man, hook me up with your London desk. OK, 
Okay. Now, the problem is you can't do that, mm-hmm. but I can. Hey, hook me up with London Desk. I want to trade a bunch of bullshit coins. Uh, so if I want to do that, I'll be a, I will be able to do it. Market's not going to go away because we are in a fractured global market where you are competing for attention. Whether you're t- uh, competing with finite dollars or not, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Uh, so so look, I, uh, if you're if you're concerned about the U.S. position, uh, I think you have to buy Bitcoin. And if you think the U.S. is going to lose out from all of this, I, I, I'm not. I don't believe that's going to be the case because I think there's enough innovation here. The companies, though, that serve this space, many of them will break. The ones I look for are the ones that are doing things that it doesn't matter if the price of Bitcoin is one dollar, whether there's a billion tokens out there, or whether Bitcoins were three hundred dollars or three million dollars. You need to track, mm-hmm. you need to trace, you need to put accounting. Te- like my position in crypto or digital assets, as I like to call them, because I don't have crypto, I have Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, I'm not the problem. The professionals around me are the problem. I keep saying this over and over like these families that have wealth, um, they have advisors tax people, accounting people, forensics, quality of earnings people, all types of professional lawyers around them. Guess what age all these people are? They're my age, man. Guess what era they grew up in? The dollar era, okay, where we just print money every time there's a problem. We didn't think it was a problem. Most people love that we print money, okay? I actually believe most people love that we print money and most people like this whole game. It served a lot of people that have done very little, very well. Um, The same tools that a commodity trader needs, a guy that swings a bunch of rice all over the world, okay, he's a commodity trader. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the same tools that he needs are the same tools Bitcoin people need. And those tools allow him to understand highly granular, granularly and very simply, very easy, one touch, what my position is. And, and this is the hilarious, all, to all the people listening, what's your cost base? This is a question to every person listening. What is your cost base of Bitcoin right now? Are you asking me? Nobody knows. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll ask you the next question. What is your Bitcoin cost base for 2017, 2018, 2020? Yeah. Okay. And if it keeps changing, you've probably already done things wrong with, with how you're holding the, the, the coins and you're making the mistakes because you don't actually know. And so if you go to a crude oil trader and say, hey, what's your position today? And he doesn't know its exact cost base to a penny. He's a total amateur. Okay. He would get fired mm-hmm. at a Goldman. Um, so these are, I need a dashboard. Okay. I need a ability to be able to share with my accounting without trusting my accountants. Talk about trust. Yeah. I don't want to trust my accountants who came from an analog world to tell me what my digital position is. I want my accounting and tax firms. And this is the great opportunity for these companies create digital divisions inside your company, accounting, tax, 
forensics and lawyers, I think they all end up with digital divisions. If you don't end up with a digital division, you won't have a, a division that's serving that marketplace. Mm -hmm. the, the weird thing about this industry is you have to own this product to actually speak about it. It, it, this is not a theoretical exercise, if you know what I mean. I yeah. mean, I meet people that are like, yeah, yeah, we should do this. How much Bitcoin do you have? None. I, how can you even have an opinion? You yeah. don't know. Any, this is why I'm a little negative on the Kennedy run. Because, like, dude, not, nobody in your campaign owns this stuff. Like, just coming to the community and saying you're a Bitcoiner. I got it. He probably is. But he doesn't own the product. And he do, he's never played with the product. He's never. I sent three and a half million dollars on a Saturday afternoon from five institutions in Bitcoin and Ethereum to buy this company. I could never have done that with Fiat. I mean, yeah. you just heard me, we got interrupted on a phone call. I'm trying to do a wire for a hundred grand. It, it, it took 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, hey, this is Gary, you know, what's your phone number, all this stuff. So none of that was required on the Bitcoin transaction. And on, uh, from five different banks, from five different financial institutions. And that was on the day that Celsius was melting down. Uh, flawless. Literally took the other guy, the counterparty got, got his validation in two minutes. And uh, he was able to use the funds that moment. He didn't have to wait till Wednesday mm -hmm. to get the funding. Okay, He literally could use the funds instantly, convert them to any coin he wanted to or U.S. dollars, and we were done. Uh, now, most people don't really want to be that done. They want to have some pullback, right? Hey, oh, I made a mistake. So you're going to require a lot of people to kind of step up to the plate with Bitcoin and begin to really, and this is the cool thing, once you start playing with this product, you then compare it to U.S. dollars, sterling, euros, and go, wow, there's some real flaws in that old world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the value. For no other reason, just go pick up some $10 worth and you start looking at the old world that you came from and go, whoa, this is where this new world's coming, going. Um, again, I, I don't have any vinyl records, right? I don't have mm -hmm. the old ticker tape that showed the stock price. Yeah, That's all virtual now, all digitized. And you have trillion dollar companies coming into this space. I mean, you can't not be bullish about this space. No, oh, 100%. So uh, you've been very generous with your time, but I want to ask you one last question before I let you go. So what's next for you, right? I mean, you've got Node 40, you're working on that, right? You guys are developing it out. What do you see as the next, let's let's call it six to 18 months in this space? Like what, do you have any goals, aspirations that you want to get into um, with this and yeah, kind of move forward? Um, well, on Node 40, uh, the business, I've been in the business now for a year and a half, I think maybe a little bit less than that. Well, um, let's, let's back it up for a second. Yeah. Describe what Node, Node 40 is too, because I don't think sure. we really got into that just yet. When Node 40 is a, um, this, the, the way I describe it, it's a forensics software that allows all the professionals around an investor or the investor himself to really understand what he did that day, uh, what he did that quarter, year, so that he can report that to two different groups of people. Internal risk management, for instance, half of our, so this tool is, was built by traders. It was not built by an accounting company or a tax company. We are not an accounting and tax company. We don't tell accounting and tax people what to do. 
or how to do their job. What we do is we provide data in a highly granulated manner, in a manner that is identical to running a business. So let's say you're trading, you traded a million dollars worth of Bitcoin in 2023, back and forth, back and forth, you made $300,000 just trading every day because you're such a hot shot trader. <laughs> you made 300 grand on a million dollar investment. Um, do you know every day exactly what you did? Most likely no. Right? Well, you, you do. You do know because you're a professional. Mm. The problem is your team that supported you with the capital, assuming you're working for a family or a company, or they don't exactly know what you did. Your risk team goes, hey, yeah, yeah, we traded a million dollars today. Well, it's what I call the third eye. Okay, the third eye. I mean, I, we're probably going to call it this, the third eye of risk management. Um, we've got a client that trades half a billion transactions a year. Jeez. Billions of dollars. He pays Coinbase $150 million in fees. Um, he uses us as risk management tool. Nothing around counting attacks. Simply, yeah, you know what? You traded 200000 of X today. This is what you made. And gosh, that compares identical to your own team. When there is slippage, when there is a disconnect, Hey, what happened? Okay, so this is simply for risk management. You start trading large positions, there are risk management teams. Mm -hmm. um, tax and accounting, like it's taken us a year to realize how poorly situated the accounting tax forensics world is prepared for the digital universe. Excellent example, and this is the kind of businesses I look for. There are 50 million people who have signed a check the box in their tax form saying, I own a digital asset. 896,000, okay, let's call it 1 million. 1 million out of 5 million, oh, 50 million, have paid taxes. You wonder why the government's upset, first off, like why they're getting pissy. Nobody's paying their taxes. And a lot of you guys actually got convinced that you were going to be able to trade these tokens and do it tax-free. That's not reality. It's never going to be a reality. Uh, we got bridges falling down. So like the tax guy is going to get a piece. Um, if you and, and heads up, if you have done anything naughty in the past, I would like clean my hands right now and pray and i think you will get your prayers answered that whatever you did yesterday will not matter but going forward okay uh you're not going to be given a pass so uh when i see 50 million users that said yes to digital and only a million max have actually filed a report and paid taxes uh, you then go and meet the top 50 accounting firms and realize that very few, if any, have spent any time building solutions to enable them to do, manage, manage, monitor this risk bag in an efficient way. Give you an example. We went to a top four guy. He's got 30,000 clients. He is able to get to 30 or 40 of them. 30 or 40 out of 30,000, because it's just too much work. And each account takes them 300 hours. So each account takes 300 hours at $150 to the investor, 
client, um, we do that in 12 minutes, man. So we basically built something, Node 40 built something that allows us to granularly look at and provide P&L analysis, full narrative story. Hey, this is what you did in Q2. This is what you did in Q3. This is what you did in 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, this is where you're making your money. Okay, you're not making your money on this. You're, this is where all the income was made. To be able to provide that in a way that the old legacy guy can understand, and he doesn't have to even understand anything about Bitcoin or how it got there, that brings a cool solution. So we spent a lot of time just focusing on the very top end of the market. That's all we do. If you have a quarter of a million dollars worth of Bitcoin or any, any digital asset, we're probably the right size for you. If you have a really small position, there's other companies that do this. Uh, the problem with having small positions, I'll tell you, uh, you, you, we have a client who has $400 of Bitcoin and they got 40 wallets. That person should not be trading this product. Okay, because mm -hmm. the accounting and tax people are going to charge them so much to manage all 40 wallets. It's just not rele relevant, right? No, no one's going to do that. So uh, th th those are the kind of businesses, man. Like I, I love the Chainalysis business. I think Chainalysis is a great business because it's going to, the enforcement authorities are going to buy all of this software uh, to, to uh, help them with their own business and help them collect taxes and make sure that criminals are off the market. So that's, that's what we're doing with Node 40. Really excited. Uh, we, we, you know, with any business, we, you, you add a bunch, you, we've tripled our staff this year, uh, probably 10 X our customer base, but you're also having to educate, uh, a, a large, large industry about a problem that's really pretty complicated, uh, because it's not done. You know, you don't buy Bitcoin like you buy a house. Bitcoin comes in, you know, probably eight transactions for a whole Bitcoin, somewhere between four and eight. I think I was listening to Plan B last night. There's 83 million transactions for 17 million coins. Mm -hmm. So that's about four to five to one. Four to five transactions make up a whole Bitcoin, maybe eight. Um, I continue to buy Bitcoin. Um, like I will buy some today, no matter what the price is. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that uh, that keeps me busy, um, and and I think I'll I'll be in a position where you, you got to remember I, I used Bitcoin and Ethereum to buy Node Forty, yeah. So I had to replace all that. Like I'm not gonna go naked on that. I, I didn't. Now why did I do that? I did that because it was a great tax loss opportunity. The problem is I didn't know which ones to give, but the Node Forty protocol allowed me to go, okay, these are the coins I want. I mean, when you show someone the value of that, hey, do I want to take the $8,000 coins or the $69,000? I think I probably want to take, but I need to account it. I need yeah. a tax guy. Hey, dude, what I want to do? Because, you know, what about my art position over here? Oh, what if I sold my Picasso and I got a big cap gain? Or what about this company over here? I don't own a Picasso, by the way. But uh, <laughs> what if I own a, a business and I'm, I had a $200 million capital gain? Like what? I got I got ten million dollars worth of uh, Bitcoin at a loss. I'm not going to sell it to, you know, harvest my tax yeah. losses. Of course I am. Uh, Michael Saylor cannot be blamed for not being a hodler. Just because he sold last year, he'd be stupid if he didn't sell last year. They did a tax harvesting game. So in order to do tax harvesting correctly, you have to have the data. 
Um, and, and if someone built an accounting tool, that, that's not the data, the big data you need to be able to make the most of that tax harvesting. So this is what, if you own Bitcoin, it's going to take you into every world. I, that's what I think is so fascinating about because then you become really interested in macro, mm-hmm. game theory. Hey, what's San Salvador? I mean, you know, oh, that's a non-event? Well, really, what if five of those small countries do that? Mm-hmm. What if Turkey were to buy Bitcoin tomorrow? Turkey, I, I predict a Turkey, a, a country the size of Turkey with all the noise they have buys Bitcoin and they do it in the, in the next 12 months. Uh, oh, dude, that's a big game changer. Or Greece. Uh, one of these European countries that, you know, they have more problems and there's only a couple ways to solve them. Uh, if I'm running a sovereign, for certain, I put Bitcoin in my, in my treasury. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I think it's a monster hedge for them and could be a game changer uh, as far as where they sit in the political quagmire that we're going to probably be living in. Yeah. I think it's all coming. I mean, yeah. yeah, I agree 100%. Well, big things for Node 40 going forward and for yourself. So I'm excited to uh, to check it along. But, you know, for those people who are, who want to maybe catch up or figure out more of what you guys are doing, where's a good place for them to find you and get updates? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter at Gary Cardone. Like, that's it, at Gary Cardone. No breaks, no, like, I got a lot of people trying to, trying to they're yeah, trying sure. to confuse you. Um, Gary.Cardone at Node40 and I can put you in touch with the right people if you have a sizable position minimally I'd love to look at the position and help you with it uh, if, if we bring no value no problem no foul I've yet to meet anybody that oh wow this is this is really valuable um, I am spending a lot of my time with other uh, significant players in the space to try to educate them uh, on the way I see the world as we move through transformation. Many of the people that are in this space, they've never been in a space where you actually transform it and shape it. There's always there's a way to do this, right? Um, there's always a n- natural response by the other team. The other team is going to be inside of our uh, family at some point. So you don't want to run them off too, too hard. You don't want to make them enemies, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's where all the adoption comes from. So for instance, just that's, I was talking to Greg and Greg, uh, Foss and, and Mark Yuska, two different things. And they brought up centralization. I said, now boys, I know you like centralization. And they started like, Oh no, no, we don't. I said, yeah, you did it. If your God and my God were the same God and he's running the centralized authority, you'd be fine. And Yuska was like, uh, that's fact. Okay. So these are just like, so, so imagine that, right? Took these two guys like, oh, well, you know, you're right. I don't really hate centralization. I hate the guy running it. We've been walking around telling all these legacy guys, centralization is broken. Well, it's broken because you have basically a duopoly or a monopoly. That's why it's broken. So you have a central authority and he's making draconian decisions. But it's not efficient. It's not efficient to do it through a decentralized method, except for Bitcoin the way it's mined. Um, people ask me on mining, like, I hate the mining business. Sorry for all you guys on the mining. I don't want to be on the, like, I don't want to be at risk on what my input costs are for energy costs. Uh, I got people telling me, hey, I'm at four, four cents a kill, man. 
oh, isn't that awesome? And then you meet a guy with seven. And then you meet a guy with three. I'm like, no, what's awesome is zero. Okay, and that's going to come from ExxonMobil, uh, the Russians, and anyone else that's long, uh, naturally long fossil fuel. I mean, think about it. By the time the Ukrainians, assuming their pipeline hasn't been blown up by some crazy terrorist country with red, white, and blue stripes, um, imagine if... We're not even talking flared gas now, okay? Imagine what it costs at $3 in Europe, which would be the hub price in Europe, because it's about two fifty here. So $3, all the way back to the wellhead, all the way back to the wellhead, all the way back to Russia. They're gonna probably be getting 75 cents to a dollar. How about that becomes the Bitcoin input price? Because it's the same price as three fifty at the European border after transit. So dude, they're going to take all their waste gas, which will be immense volumes. Okay, 27% of all fossil fuel is wasted. You're going to take stuff all the way back to the wellhead. I mean, the Canadians will do this, okay? The Canadians mm-hmm. are getting $1.20. Ask Greg Foss, hey, what do you get at the wellhead, dude? Um, so this becomes the production source for mining Bitcoin. I think the oil companies and sovereign energy firms will become the Bitcoin miners of the future because there is so much waste. It will be the most inefficient energy. It will not be the most efficient. It won't be, well, most inefficient meaning that it's wasteful or it has a long transit journey, Uh, but it's not going to be water and it's not going to be sun uh, and solar unless it's used for peaking, uh, turning on, turning off. Mm -hmm. So... But it's, see, that's just not a business. Oh, you can make 10% yields. Okay, until you don't. And then you got all this capital cost. You got these machines, you got regulations, you got environmental bullshit, you know, whether it's true or not, you still have to manage it. So I, I just look at it and say, I don't want, that's not the end of the market I want to be on. I would like to be in the software side of the business that allows me to bring value at a collapsing price over long periods of time where there are more there is more need than there is capability Mm -hmm. Uh, those look like great businesses to me you know like spreadsheets that are put on steroids right and that's what you that's what you need with bitcoin because you're dealing with fractionalized uh digital assets now imagine what happens if we ever get to and we will satoshis that's a whole nother game and how's the government going to treat Oh, we're trading Satoshis now, and that's not a tax event. They're using this as money now. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's not a tax event. Um, that will become really, like, we, we, we're so young. We are, uh, I think, 15-year journey. I could create five bis- billion-dollar businesses, but you're at the first year of a 15-year industry. And guys like you and me have the ability to actually shape it. Uh, so, I mean, if if people coming out of school have any concern or, hey, where do I go? Dude, come, go to blockchain, go into Bitcoin, don't try to get rich overnight, find a platform that brings value that you can understand and uh, make yourself a home in this industry and you'll be able to help shape the way this industry looks in 10 or 15 years. And 10 or 15 years will be here very, very quickly, which by the way is my 2050. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like if I'm, if I'm right, I think the silver that you saw here is going to be worth maybe thirty dollars, 
and the Bitcoin will be worth two fifty thousand uh, on a bad day in fifteen years. That for me is worth me putting a lot of time and attention. If that math is even close to right, uh, it, it's uh, it's worth a monster amount of investment in my time. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, Gary, man, thanks so much hey, for coming on. Thank you. All right, appreciate it.